It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on Scottish Cup fifth round weekend. We've had one top flight casualty already with Morton knocking out Motherwell. Today it's all about the likes of Aberdeen, Livingston, Kilmarnock and Hibs with Rangers against Ayr to come later. And tomorrow Celtic have had quite the week and they head to St Mirren. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me three men who've seen a few cup shocks in their time, Gordon DL, Mark Wilson and Hugh Evans. Today marks a special Scottish Cup anniversary. It was 13 years ago this week that Scott Brown stood in front of El Hadj Juf at Ibrooks, having scored the equaliser for Celtic against Rangers and the Bruni was born Rocketing Mark Wilson To stardom in the process This afternoon 13 years of pent up aggression From the Rangers fans Will be coming Scott Brown's way When he takes out his Air United team To face Philippe Clement's side And after Morton Becoming the first team into the Scottish Cup's last eight Is there going to be another Premiership casualty today Hibbs at Inverness Cali Thistle, trouble. Livingston at Partick Thistle, danger. Let's get this party started. <laughs> yeah, the fifth round is where it sort of gets real. Quarter finals just round the corner. Morton in there already, and teams looking ahead to what could potentially be a, an unbelievable season if it's one of the minnows that gets here. But for Rangers, for Celtic, they want to get business done as quickly as possible. Some intriguing ties in there. Hughes rightly saying Partick Thistle v Livy, Inverness v Hibs are the ones we're all looking at. Will there be a shock at Kilmarnock with Cove Rangers? <laughs> Doubtful. Aberdeen Bonnie Rig. I can't see there being anything there other than a Neil Warnock first victory, but a good day of football ahead. Uh, yeah. The weekend's not got off to the greatest start for our Motherwell fans, I've got to say. Um, well done to, to Gimri and Morton. Fantastic last night, deserved to be in the quarterfinal. But it's all about today, it's all about some interesting games. Hugh quite rightly you know, pinpoints a couple there that I think all eyes will be on. Inverness, Hibs, always a difficult place to go, Inverness, as I've told you many times in this show. And Partick Livingston, that could be a cracker, but I'm looking forward to today's football. Yeah, it does get real at this stage, Hugh Keevens, doesn't it? When the quarter-final stage is around the corner, you don't need me to tell tell you how many steps that is away from hand. And this is no. when the big boys start looking at the trophies that are almost expected of them yep. by the fan base and the other teams think maybe, just maybe, we could get ourselves some silverware. Well, the whole weekend is about uh, the Scottish Cup tightrope. You've got Celtic and Paisley tomorrow. The League Cup's already gone. That's one third of their treble from last season away. The league title is hanging by a thread. Celtic on top only just... And now, the Scottish Cup that they won last June by beating Inverness Cali Thistle very much up for grabs if St Mirren can replicate the form of their last two games. Hibbs, Dundee, five goals for St Mirren, no goals for the opposition, and while we're at it, Reese McCabe, what a job he does for Airdrie. They've got Hearts, five o'clock tomorrow night, and Hearts aren't in the clear either. I think that's also the beauty of it, Mark. You're never clear of the pressures of your league priorities, whether that is a title race, whether it's a relegation battle. The cup can come along and make all that 
much worse yeah. It can pile the pressure on If you're having a bad season Or you're having a bad couple of weeks And then you go and get cup disappointment on top of it It's just not the case where you can say That this lives separately from the league in that respect Well it's the beauty of the cup has Because it can alleviate some pressure Off managers whose league form is poor But if they've got a cup run Then uh, you know clubs will see that Finances are coming into the club The fans will get on board Because they see it as a dream But of course like you say Gordon That works the other way Where you're expected to go deep into this competition And support bases like Aberdeen And Hearts and Hibs Expect to get to the final and even have dreams of really winning that when you get put out at this stage then pressure comes round pretty quickly the managers will be well aware of that this afternoon yeah um, I think it is an exciting um, time for the Scottish Cup in the sense of next quarter finals when you get to that quarter finals you're thinking oh this could be our year there's no doubt if uh, the draw comes out luckily for you um, as I say some good games this afternoon I go back to last night. Well done to Morton. Thought they were excellent. Um, you know, over the weekend, Hugh Pine points again. Airdrie Hearts. Hearts will not fancy that, but they're in good form. Um, and obviously St Mirren Celtic tomorrow. That's one I'm certainly going to watch. I like Neil Warnock's three words, which sum sum up this weekend. We are now in the Scottish Cups muck and nettles. Let's get to it. Let's get to it indeed. Why don't we start closest to home and work our way as far as we can from Clyde One HQ. I think that means you're up first, Roger Hanna, Partick Thistle against Livingston. Is this one of those classic ties that technically it would be a shock because they're in different divisions, but there's hardly a lot between these sides. Yeah, and you just begin to wonder what actually would represent a surprise here in the Cup this afternoon, Gordon. I can't give Hugh Keevans any nettles, but I can give him a fair bit of muck. There's an area on the near side just in front of me here at Fur Hill that is not at its best. Um, Livingston used to playing on that plastic pitch through the Tony Macaroni, so this will be something of a culture shock I would imagine for David Martindale's team whether that levels things out or not I don't know but as we say what is a shock Livingston's win against Wraith in the last round their only victory in any competition for more than four months whereas Thistle haven't lost here since October and will go into this game full of confidence and looking for a bit of revenge these are teams that meet often in fact they haven't met since a playoff final almost six years ago Livy won both legs for a 3-1 aggregate success to go up and put Thistle down and have stayed in those divisions ever since. Scott Pittman among the scorers for Livy. He starts this afternoon. Chris Doolan get the Jags goal and he'll be, of course, in the home dugout this afternoon. Livy won a League Cup meeting in penalties between them seven years ago as well. So you need to go back 11 years for Partick Thistle's last victory in this fixture. Mind you, it was a 6-1 route here with Chris Doolan among the scorers. Thistle, their priority has to be promotion after missing out in the playoff final the county last season. They're third in the championship. They've not played for a couple of weeks. A 1-1 draw. Airdrie, there's two changes to decide from them. Ben Stanway comes into the midfield. And friend of Super Scoreboard, the skipper, Big Woody himself, Brian Graham, is back in the team. Scott Robinson and Tommy Adeloy drop out. So they've got Jamie Snedden in goal. It's a back four. Jack McMillan, Aaron Muirhead, Lewis Nielsen and Harry Milton. Midfield, Ben Stanway, Ken McEnroy and Stuart Bannigan. And up front, a very dangerous trio of Stevie Lawless, Brian Graham and Player of the Month, Aidan Fitzpatrick on the bench, Stuart Mitchell and Williams, Nguenya 
Alston and Lyon, Mackenzie, Diak and Adeloy. As for Levy, well, as we say, isolated at the bottom of the Premiership table, they lost 1-0 at Kilmarnock very late on in Wednesday night. And David Martindale's reacted with three changes out. Go George, Bradley and Carson, who's ineligible. In come Michael McGovern, Joel Nubley and Stephen Kelly. So it'll be Michael McGovern in goal of back three, Sean Donnellan, Iowa and Michael Nottingham across the middle. Jamie Brandon, Scott Pittman, Jason Holt, Stephen Kelly and Dan Mackay. And up top, Joel Nubley with Teddy Yenge on the bench, George Anderson, Bradley, St. Gary, Shinney and Sean Kelly, Ladingham, Colbert and Lawal. The referee is Nick Walsh and of course, with no VAR at Hill today. No VAR, certainly no blue cards yet either. Like we said, we're stretching. The word shock is doing a lot of heavy lifting there, yeah. Hugh. But if we want to get official about it, they're in different divisions. Will we get a so-called shock there today? I think it's very possible because they've got Brian Graham back and Brian Graham means goals for Partick Thistle. He does the same kind of turn for them as George Oakley does for Morton. No, I didn't mean to mention George Oakley. I, I, I mean, <laughs> what I meant was that Brian Graham's a prolific goal scorer. Yeah, well avoided, Hugh. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it's uh, certainly a, well, a good chance for Partick Thistle. No, no, I was going to say it's certainly <laughs> a chance for Partick Thistle. But you need to remember, oh, love me, they, love me, Partick Thistle. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm going the opposite way. You need to remember the oh. league that Livingston's in, and although it would be a shock, they are they're league, struggling in the, the league Premiership. Livingston are in. Aye. they're hitting Partick in the head. They're out, they're, they're out far down the league. But you must know there's a difference between bottom. And in, in, in the well, first place in the championship, didn't, didn't show yeah. last night, did they? Listen, they I, could be a shot, but I think particle will be well guarded against Livingston team. It'll probably go there and make it difficult for them. Yeah, Roger David Martindale's priority would be to try and stay in the division, but you know he, he's been one to watch in recent weeks. Very interesting post-match comments. Um, you know, re- reacting to the situation in the league, does a, a cup defeat damage his? Situation any further, or is, are the teams actually so close that Livy would just have to take that in the chin and, and get on with it? No, I think it would certainly damage his situation even more. David Martindale is in need of wins, regardless of the competition. If they could get a win this afternoon, it might lift morale. I think they've got home game against St Mirren in the league next Saturday. He just needs to get back to the winning habit because, as we said, apart from beating Wraith Rovers in the last round at the Tony Macaroni, you need to get back to I think it's the seventh of October, Gordon, when they beat Motherwell at home. That's the last time they won a game in the league and morale is rock bottom. As Dan says, they're isolated at the bottom of the Premiership. They'll just take any sort of victory, I think, just to give them a little bit of belief that they can get out that predicament in the league. Uh, right, Google Maps tells me Kilmarnock's next up before working our way away from here. Kilmarnock against Cole fraser Wishart. Yeah, it could be an interesting one here to, today, Gordon, but they have to say it couldn't be more perfectly set up for Kilmarnock to get into the quarterfinals of the Cup. Either the game against a League One team, killing great form, one defeat in 11 games since the start of December, and a strong squad for Derek McInnes to choose from as we came out of the January transfer. And there's actually the 100th game as Kilmarnock manager for Derek, and they are on the verge of having a fantastic season. Fourth in the Premiership, and a place in the quarterfinals after today, I think we'd see the home fans beginning to dream of Hamden and perhaps even winning the Cup. They've beaten both the Old Firm here this season, and they're strong favourites today. And I have to say, it's really down to how Kilmarnock players play today, anywhere near their best, and they will win. But if they drop the standards, you never know, it might just give the Cove players that wee bit of hope 
of a huge upset. Cove, of course, been so inconsistent this season, which must frustrate Paul Hartley. Really poor start to the season. They're sitting bottom of the table for him. A really excellent run into December, but their only win in their last seven games since Christmas was in the Cup. And this Cup, the previous round against Brora Rangers, three draws, three defeats. But still third in the league. And they've got a few well-known faces in the team. Mark Reynolds, of course, played at the highest level. Motherwell, Aberdeen... Dundee United, Michael Doyle, Mitch Megs have played at the highest level. Paul McGowan's on the bench, but they're missing Ian Vigers and Fraser Fyre, who won the Cup with Hibs a few years ago through injury. But I think the man that Kilmarnock will have to be wary of today is Ruman Burrell, a player who played six games on loan here in 2021 season for Kilmarnock, and he scored 18 goals in 23 games this season for Cove Rangers. Derek McInnes has rang the changes, he's made six changes, but maybe just a sign of the strength of his squad. It doesn't really weaken the team too much. Out go Wright, Davis, Armstrong, Stewart, Vassell and Donnelly. An incoming Daba, Murray, Polworth, Kennedy, McKenzie and a first start for Kevin Van Veen. So a 3-4-1-2 formation. Will Dennis in goal. Back three, Lewis Mayo, Stuart Finlay and Corey and Daba. Fraser Murray, David Watson, Liam Polworth and Matty Kennedy across the middle with Rory McKenzie tucked in behind the two strikers, Marley Watkins and Kevin Van Veen. Keanu O'Hara, Joe Wright, Kel Vassell, Danny Armstrong, James Bolzaghi, Ennis Cameron, Greg Stewart, Liam Donnelly and Gary Mackay. Stephen are the subs. Two changes for Paul Hartley. Out go Shields and Lawal and in come Gillingham and Aaron Darge, whose brother is playing for Scotland today at Rugby Rory. So the parents will be split on whether they come here to watch this one son or do they go to Murrayfield to watch him playing for Playing for Scotland, they go with a 3-5-2 formation. Nicholas Suman in goals. A back three of Josh Kerr, Mark Reynolds and Aaron Darge. Across the middle, Michael Doyle, Blair Yule, Will Gillingham, Mohamed Niang and Connor Scully. And the two strikers, Mitch Meganson and Ruman Burrell. The only five substitutes for Cove Rangers. Ballant Damis, Jacob Jones, Paul McGowan, Kyle Connell and Cameron Stewart. And as you were saying earlier, no VAR and no blue cards to help the referee today, who's Mr Grant Irvin. Looking forward to that one Kilmarnock against Cove Aberdeen Neil Warnock's Aberdeen As they're now called Against Bonnie Rig Rose That's a proper cup tie And Dave Galloway's there Yes Gordon thank you It's a home debut For Aberdeen boss Neil Warnock With fans organising A special display To mark the 75 year old's First game in charge Here at Pitaudry He's certainly got An impressive CV In management We all know that With over 1600 games Under his belt But one thing missing is a domestic cup and he's aiming to put that right during his interim tenure. And of course, they're strongly fancied to make it through to the last eight of the Scottish Cup at the expense of a side sitting fifth in League Two. But Bonnie Rigg, for whom amazingly Sean Connery played in the early 50s as a winger, um, they've never been this far in the competition and they come here with nothing to lose. And the streets of the Midlothian town are much quieter than usual with a large travelling support coming up the road. We're expecting around a thousand of them, which is fantastic. Um, They're coming up the road to enjoy a day out. And in the Scottish Cup, well, you never know. To quote manager Robbie Horn, there's no point in playing football if you can't dream about causing upsets. Let's take a look at the team lineups then. Uh, five changes for Aberdeen, but it still is a pretty strong squad, a uh, pretty strong uh, lineup. Um, Ross Doohan, Duke, Shaden Morris, Dante Polvara, and Angus McDonald are in. Keller Roos, Stefan Gartenman, uh, Jamie McGrath, Connor Barron and Johnny Hayes are out. So it's Ross Doohan in goals, a back four of Nicky Devlin, Angus McDonald, Richard Jensen and Jack McKenzie. 
Graham Shinney and Dante Pulvara, the sitters. Then it's uh, Shaden Morris, Leighton Clarkson and Duke with Boyan Majowski leading the line. The subs for the Dons today, it's Roos, Gartenman, McGrath, Barron, Hayes, Phillips, Sockler, Duncan and Milne. What about Bonnie Rig Rose? Well, a couple of changes for them. In come uh, Smart Ozadolar and Callum Conley out. Drop uh, Scott Mercer and Declan Burns. So it's Paddy Martin in goals across the back. Callum Donnelly, Kerr Young, Neil Martinuk and Reese Peggy. Sitting midfielders Angus Mailer and Lee Curry. Then further upfield, Connor Doan, uh, Ross Gray and Bradley Barrett with Smart Ozadolar uh, leading the attack for Rose today, whose substitutes are Andrews, Jarvis, Stewart, Magaki, Miguel, Wardell and Watson. And your match referee at Pittori is Matthew McDermott. Looking forward to that, which means the furthest travelled pundit for the afternoon is David Freel-Inverness against Hibs. That looks like a good one, David. Yeah, it should be a good one. Gordon Hughes sensing trouble. I don't think he's the only one. This does have a little bit of a feel of a cup upset. I think it's fair to see all the pressures on Hibs coming into this one. Inverness have a celebrity fan here as well. Liverpool legend Jamie Carricker. He's just appeared. He's in town to see his son James, who plays for Inverness. I'm sure he's hoping to witness an upset too. I said Hibs not in great form. They did cause Celtic problems in midweek, but the bottom line is they lost again. They've just won one in the last eight games. That was against four from the last round. I think losing to a championship side in Inverness is unthinkable, really, for Hibs. Been a bad week for them, as I said. Lost to St Mern and Celtic at home. Going to be a big travelling support here today, and I think they're expecting a win. Nick Montgomery's so many signings in January he's trying to bed them in but they're going to have to up the game to see off Duncan Ferguson's men Inverness will be right up for this today and at a freezing stadium it's really really cold here I think this is going to be a real introduction to Scottish football for the new boys Hibs have actually only met Inverness three times in the last decade they've always kind of missed each other but they did beat them in the way to win the cup in 2016 so I don't know if that's maybe an omen Nick Montgomery's made three changes from midweek the two Dillons Levitt and Venti are out and so is Eli Yuan Elezier Mayenda Maizian Mayolida and Luke Amos are in for their first start so Hibs are going to be David Marshall in goals back four of Lewis Miller Will Fish Nectarios Giantis and Jordan Abita Luke Amos, Joan Yule, Nathan Mariah Wilsh will be the midfield three with Boyle and Mayenda either side of my leader. The subs for Hibs are Wallacott, Hanlon, Levitt, Yuan, Venti, Cadden, Stevenson, Lafondra and Marcondes. As for Inverness, you need to remember they got to all the way to the Scottish Cup final last season. I'm sure they want another run this time. Not doing too great in the Championship, being up and down, they're 7th at the moment, but they do have players to cause Hibs problems, and the likes of Billy McKay has been such a prolific striker for them over the years. Duncan Ferguson lost two Scottish Cup finals during his United days. He says taking Cali Thistle to Hamden would be a career highlight for him. So looking back, he faced Hibs seven times during his playing career at United and Rangers, surprisingly he never scored against them, but I think he's back in his side to make a shock today. It looks like a 3-4-2-1 for Inverness. It's going to be Matt Ridgers in goals, Jeremiah Chaloka Mullen, James Carrick and Remy Savage at the back, Cammy Kerr, Max Anderson, Charlie Gilmore and Cameron Harper across the middle with Sean McAllister and Nathan Shaw in behind Billy Mackay. Subs for Inverness are Mackay, Doran, Samuels, McGregor, Peppel, Boys, Brooks and Ujdur and the referee in the Highlands is Colin Stephen. Looking forward to that. Could there be a shock on the cards there? We will find out. We've certainly had one top flight casualty, so don't take my word or Gordon DL's word for it. Roger Hanna, just strip the emotion back. Give us your balanced view on what was a great win for Morton last night. They were bullied out of it, Gordon. Um, if you've ever seen a football team 
in the image of its manager. That is Morton at the minute. They look as if they've got 11 Dougie Emery's in the park. They scrap for everything. They fight their corner. They back each other up. They're now on, I think it's a 13 or 14 game unbeaten run. They may well be in the Premiership promotion playoffs at the end of the season. And they thoroughly deserved the win. You could have put the kettle on for it the moment Alan Power careered into one of the mother of midfielders after two minutes and got up with a big grin in his face because he knew at that stage Morton were up for it, Motherwell weren't, Morton were going through. Yeah, Fraser, I can just about reluctantly accept it was a good cup tie on the telly Friday night, massive travelling support, good home support as well. Uh, and again, all credit to, to Morton. Yeah, it was. It was a great watch, I have to say. Um, even the old team went out, still fond memories of, of Motherwell and uh, perhaps boards of directors can, can learn. You see Stuart Kettlewell who's picked up uh, in recent weeks, he was under real pressure for his job. So was Dougie Emery and Roger saying there it was 13 games uh, unbeaten. Before that they were sitting near the bottom of the table having done so well last year. And, and there were supporters, there were people saying, no, Dougie Emery must go and try and get rid of the manager. But the board stuck, stuck with him and it's been been terrific turnaround. It was, just, it was a great, great to watch and... Uh, They've got some decent players, Morton. I saw them play Thistle fairly recently and they, they drew and they should have won. So they, I think they'll be in and around uh, the playoffs. We talk about the joy of the cup. I'm not sure there's much joy around for Partway. They could have done with getting to the quarters and maybe in the semis and getting that cash from it. But uh, well done to Morton and they'll be sitting tomorrow. Not really caring who they get in the draw. They just want a home tie at Capo, get the fans in again, get an old fashioned atmosphere. Brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, David, I've always said Motherwell should really just concentrate in the league at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean this in the nicest possible way. Morton look absolutely horrible to play against. You know, as, as Roger said, when Alan Power crashed into that tackle, he just had a bad feeling for Motherwell. I think in the last 20 minutes when Andy Hardy came on, Adam Devine came on, they looked a different team, but it was too late by then. And I need to pay special tribute to George Oakley up front. I thought it was an old-fashioned centre-forwards performance. I thought he was outstanding, deserved his goal, and well done to Morton. Yep, so we've had one result, one name in the hat. That is Morton, who will join them this afternoon. We've given you team news ahead of the three o'clock kickoffs. So, like we always do on a Saturday, we'll take a look at some of the week's biggest talking points next. Action as it happens. And your reaction from five on the open line. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Big day of Scottish Cup action. We are all across it. We've given you the team news ahead of the three o'clock games. We will build up, of course, to Rangers against Ayr as the afternoon progresses. We've had a brief look back on Morton Motherwell and plenty more previews ahead of tomorrow's games to come as well. But like most Saturdays at this point of the show, we take a look back on the week's biggest talking points. And I think the title race, uh, Roger Hanna, is probably the biggest talking point. Yes, within that, there's the usual VAR drama and mumping and moaning. But it feels like this was the week that the title race really came to life. Yeah, very much so. Um, we now have the ding-dong of one team playing one day, the other team playing the next day, one team going ahead, the other one catching up, or vice versa, Gordon. And it's something we've not had in the Premiership for a number of years now. Rangers haven't really run Celtic close when, when Celtic won in the league. Celtic didn't win, run Rangers close when Rangers won it under Steven Gerrard. So now we are in the last... 12 or 13 games I think it is and it promises to be a thrilling title run in Rangers won on Tuesday night to draw level temporarily with Celtic Celtic then moved three points clear with that late win at Hibs on Wednesday night they've obviously played a game more and even when we get you know we get back to next week Rangers can go level or maybe top on goal difference when they play Ross County on Wednesday night then Celtic play Kilmarnock Saturday Rangers play St Johnson Sunday it just promises to be topsy-turvy 
and full of thrills and spills. Your favourites now, Hugh? Rangers, for me. I think momentum is with Rangers. I think Celtic are going from game to game. Uh, the latest injury problem is that Alistair Johnston, who take no part in this weekend's game and may not be in the team for a few weeks. Brendan Rodgers, the performances since the end of the winter break have been awful. He got away with one at Easter Road on Wednesday, uh, but for Adam Ida and uh, his composure when faced with a penalty kick, there could have been another rumble in the stands as there was at Aberdeen last weekend when the banner came out being critical of the board I think for me it's very very simple Celtic have lost their way and Rangers have the prize in sight Whose favourites Mark? Nothing between them and I, I know that's the obvious thing to say just because the way the, way the league's sitting at the minute um, you know you can see Rangers have taken a lot from their new manager a proper manager who, who knows how not only to control the team but it looks like he's aiming um, to control the full club which I think Rangers needed. They needed somebody to steer them in the right direction. Where, are, yeah, Hughes, right? Brendan Rodgers struggling slightly at the minute. You know, a lot going on at Celtic fans not happy again with the appointment of Brendan Rodgers in the summer and won't let it go. It was almost like there was a, a group waiting for a period of bad performances. And I think the banner last week at Petaudry, before a ball was even kicked, has shown the kind of discontent between the, the board, the fans, the manager. It's not a good place for a football club to be in when they're sitting top of the league. These next few games are going to be huge for both because I said the other night, it was important that Rangers steadied the ship, progressed, picked up points and they've got themselves there but it's sustaining that for both from now until April. It's going to be exciting stuff. Did he tell me who his favourites there no. in amongst no, them? I, I, I said nothing know, between them. That's what I don't like about him. He cannot just come out and give you a, a, a divine answer. Well, I'm not a bookie. Rangers. I don't know. Just say Celtic or Rangers. Who's mm, favourites? In your mind. In, in your my mind. mind, I'm going to still stick with Celtic. That's, that, that's all you want. That's all we want to Just. Up, just. They're still top. Yeah. That's okay. Um, I'm sitting on the fence. Because I can make an argument. I can make an argument from both sides. I'm a bit concerned about Celtic, but the only positive, they've got quality players. Let's be honest, they've got quality players. You look at the momentum over at Ibrox just now, the Rangers, away from home, they ain't losing goals as well. Um, I'll go to the wire for me. Celtic need to improve. I'm worried about Celtic tomorrow in the cup tie. I think if St Martin's ever got to uh, uh, Mm. put, put one over in Celtics tomorrow. So... Um, as much as with injuries they need their players back quickly um, they need their their signings to hit the ground like Kuhn I watched him at Aberdeen I liked what I've seen when he came on against Hibs I've never seen him do so negative um, the middle part you've even got Callum McGregor and I've said uh, on Thursday that I think Callum McGregor is well below par and I think a lot of Celtic supporters will agree with that that's worrying signs for me I like Ada I've got to say I think he'll score goals I think there's something about him I think that could be a good signing um, but you look at Rangers they're really you know they're, they're forward thinking the manager's been terrific he's got to tune out the players they're winning games they're scoring goals they're not losing a lot momentum's everything for me that was even longer than you. Yeah, yeah. Still did not get to any answer. I think you see when you look at the, both of the records so far in the league, and you know both of them won nineteen. Rangers lost four games, okay, and, and Celtic only lost two. But 
it's it's the drop points from draws that are, that are killing Celtic and it's funny how things are painted now Hugh just says there Brendan Rodgers get away with one if that was Rangers the other night and they, and they snuck it 2-1 right at the end people would be saying wow Philippe Clement's got this team that, that going is, right that's, what, that's what momentum does though isn't it yes, but I, I'm also does. talking about a game in isolation I, every game doesn't have to be about yeah but what about them I'm talking about Celtic in isolation. You are also the master of the hypothetical, so don't grudge your colleagues the chance to do it. At least when you said to me, "Who's going to win the league?" At least my word was Rangers. You're you're a man of conviction. We give more detail, though. We give more detail. No, no, you give more waffle. Mm. (laughs) You've waffled your way around it. We eventually had to get a pair of pliers to get out what you were actually trying to say. Mm. So, uh, the Celtic supporters, in the main, I believe. Listen to the programme Monday to Friday The Celtic supporters In the main Don't believe That Celtic can win the title well, You I'm, don't I'm, speak in behalf of uh, them As you well know I'm giving you my answer Gordon Because I, I sat in the fence right, And I still do Because I went for Celtic At the beginning I can't change my mind now I think that you've got to Stick okay. with your team Fraser Wishart There is some sort of Momentum shift How big is it Will it be big enough What do you think What have you What have you taken From the last Sort of week or so And you probably Need to take the transfer window Into account there Because that, that's clearly Hanging over Celtic a bit Yeah it is And uh, you know If you don't bring in players And numbers of players Then apparently That's a, that's a bad window Whereas My view is always You know you need to strengthen And if you can't get players That are better Then don't bring them in But for me Still just Celtic Have got that edge I think uh, 1-11 to 11. I, like does I, I thought Celtic would win it at the beginning of the season um, I think Rangers are, are very very close to them in terms of quality but I think Celtic have been criticised recently but it's been really about the performances I mean they, they've still been winning games I think they've only won draw or something in the last 7 or 8 games 6 wins so if when you're winning when you're not playing at your absolute best I, th- I think Celtic players will come good um, but Rangers are going to run them very very close and, and the one thing for me that gives us a wee bit more excitement and a bit more uncertainty in recent years you used to talk about Easter Road and uh, Tawdry and places like that and, and uh, Tynecastle has been hard places to go to. it's not been in recent years for the likes of Celtic who've run over the top of them but now even on Tuesday night uh, for, for Rangers you know they, they, they outplayed Aberdeen but it was two goalkeeping errors for me that, that got them the three points they're going to have to work really hard at Celtic dropping points at Aberdeen the last minute winner at, at Easter Road there's going to be more points dropped than we think so it, it might just be that one bit of magic that one mistake that's going to cost them the title but for me I think it might go to the last day Celtic just to edge it for me no holidays, no annual leave on that day for you lot if it does go to the last day. Uh, David Friel, we always bang on about it being a results-driven business. I think we know it's clearly more than that because Celtic have seven wins and one draw in their last eight games. There is nothing wrong with that or very little wrong with it. However, the mood is not the same. So where, where does that come from in your mind? I think it just comes from performances. And, and look, the, the person at Celtic who speaks most about performances before results is Brendan Rodgers. If you look back at his career, he's always said that he's a performance manager. You know, he's not happy just to scrape a win here and there. Now, Wednesday night Celtic, I think a Sky Sports pundit called it a robbery. I would agree. I thought Celtic were really, really poor Wednesday night. I thought in the second half against Aberdeen, they were really, really poor. But they came out with four points. Now, I actually think, and there's been a lot of doom and gloom around Celtic this week. I understand why, because of how bad the performance was. But I actually think this week might turn out to be a pivotal one in terms of points gained, Gordon. Because to play that badly for what three, three quarters of two games and still come out with four points might just prove the difference at the end of the season there's no doubt Celtic are off it 
For me, they just still have more quality at the top end. I also think Rangers' heavier schedule. Bear in mind they've got European football to come in and the fact that Seema's out injured, Danilo's out injured, I think that might just give Celtic the edge. I think Celtic have more, more firepower up front and Adamida coming in could make a difference as well. Are we set for a proper race to the finish, Roger Hanna? Everyone always we say that and we throw it out. Can you genuinely see it coming to fruition this season? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely can, Gordon. Um, I still think... Celtic are the favourites and I say that because while Rangers have been very good under Philip Clement, this Rangers team has still to prove that it can beat Celtic in a league game when it matters. They won 3-0 in the last game at Ibrox in May last year after the title was gone. But other than that, you have to go back to August 2021. Remember Philip Hollander scoring a header to beat Celtic at Ibrox? That's the last time Rangers have beaten Celtic in a meaningful Premiership game. They've lost both derbies this season. The one at Ibrox in September, and then that one just before New Year when they were down to 10 men with Balligan's red card. And if Rangers are going to win this league, and they could win the league, but if they're going to win the league, they're going to have to take, for me, four points off Celtic. A bit of a mixed bag fixture list wise Fraser between now and April the 6th we always get very ahead of ourselves and, and look at that next meeting between the sides on paper Celtic go to Hearts that's like the standout difficult away fixture if you like um, at the same time Rangers go away to Kilmarnock which is clearly the standout difficult away fixture if the start of the season's anything to go by um, so it, there's not there's not a great deal in it. I think in the, in the last couple of weeks, obviously Rangers have been on a run of home games and Celtic have been on a run of away games, but it's, it's going to be interesting. Do you anticipate many more twists and turns before they meet? Yeah, I, I do. I do actually. I think there'll be twists and turns from now to the end of the season. I was saying earlier about you know Celtic in particular in recent years just walking over the teams. You know, you, you always thought Petodre or Easter Road or Tynecastle was going to be a difficult game. We always talked about that, but Celtic are going and winning comfortably. You know, and, and uh, Rangers did the same in their championship winning team uh, season. This year, it's not been like that. And yet, you're right to add Kilmarnock where I'm sitting, looking at the the pitch and looking at the way Kilmarnock play and the quality of players they have, and they've already beaten both sides of the old firm as well. So you do get a feeling. That there's going to be points dropped. I think Roger made a good point about the, the old firm games and Rangers having to, to win those. And in recent years, they've been absolutely critical because nobody else has taken points off the top two. But this year, I think it's just a wee bit different. Even getting their wins recently for, for Celtic, it's been really tough going. They've had to work really hard uh, on, on the performances. But you, you just feel that, for me, Kyogo's not performed to his highest level this year. You know, Matt O'Reilly's sort of faded slightly. Maeda's maybe not been in top form as well. These guys are good players and they're going to come good at some point in the season. You can't see Kyogo going through the rest of the season playing the way he is at the moment. And he does come alive in the old firm games as well. So, so I just think Celtic have got that wee bit extra. But they're going to have to work hard and it's going to be... Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday for, for Rangers certainly for a, for a wee while as well and there's going to be no particularly easy games for, for, for both teams between now and the end of the season It can never go completely on the back burner but it is all about the Scottish Cup this weekend we will go back around the grounds next The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL in the studio We've got the top team out and about on Scottish Cup weekend We do love these weekends, it has to be said So many stories doing the rounds already Morton have written their name into the next round So we'll see who they get paired with when the draw takes place on Sunday evening I think it is uh, So lots to look forward to there Let's go back around the grounds Partick Thistle against Livingston 
So yes it's sort of bottom of the Premiership Pairing to one of the better sides in the Championship Not a lot in it there uh, Let's get the thoughts of David Martindale ahead of that one I don't think there's a lot between Probably bottom 5, bottom 6 of the Premier League And the top 4, 5 in the Championship I don't think there's much in it And I say top 4, 5 in the champ. I think in a one-off game Anybody in the champ and anybody against the bottom 6 In the Premier League's got a good chance You just need to look at Party Fizzle's last result against Ross County So that'll get treated like a Premier League game for us I suppose we kind of said this in the last round Roger Hanna, so credit to Livingston Everyone was having the same thought process Ahead of Wraith Rovers And Livy managed to come through that one Yeah, they did And I think that maybe says more about the way Wraith are um, Going at the minute than it does about Livingston I think this will be very, very tough for Livingston this afternoon You just look at the two teams, Gordon Thistle You know what you're going to get 4-3-3, three, three. there'll be energy there will be skill in wide areas from Stevie Lawless and Aidan Fitzpatrick and there's that real goal threat that you spoke about earlier on from Brian Graham, the skipper up top, you look at the Livingston team, on paper they could line up three or four different ways you're not sure if it's a back three you're not sure if it's a back four, where's Joel Nubley going to play as you're right up top and you just wonder how many of those Livingston players would actually get into that Partick Thistle team this afternoon? Not too many would be my guess. So I think Livingston will be up against it this afternoon. And as we said at the top of the show, what does represent a shock? If Livingston come here and win, that may be a cup shock. Uh, you spoke about the pitch, a bit of concern down in the corner. Have the players been warming up on it? Has that made it worse or avoiding it? They have been avoiding it. Uh, no one near it. It's at the end that Thistle are warming up at, um, even with a makeshift goal net. You know, they're blazing in shots at Jamie Sneddon, but they're keeping away from this area down to my left hand side. It is very mucky. Neil Warnock would love it. I'm not so sure the players will enjoy it this afternoon. Let's hear from Neil Warnock ahead of the Scottish Cup tie. I've not said that in this show's long history. He's up here eventually. And uh, this is what he had to say ahead of Bonnie Rig Rose. Well, I've, I've been in their position, you know. You've nothing to lose. It's a lovely, lovely for clubs like that to, to get. You know, we always wanted a big club. When I was at Burton Albion, we played Leicester City from the Premier League with Gary Lineker and all that lot. Are you with me? And that was, like, unbelievable, the talk around the place. And so I've had a, f- a few good cup runs as an underdog, a non-league team, and, I, and then I've had a, a few good cup runs as the one that should win it. So it'll be difficult. There's no easy game in the cup when they come this far. They're well organised. They've got some good players, a good following. It'll it'll be a typical cup tie. I think cup ties like that are very very good, mate. Dave Galloway, I know the Aberdeen fans are sick of people like me mentioning the D word, as we'll call it. Not not that D word. The, the team that they get knocked out from last season, Dave. Um, is this feel? Just a bit more secure, just home advantage. Does that take some of that anxiety away? I think it certainly does, Gordon. And, and Neil Warnock, um, everything that he's been saying in the lead-up to this game, he insists the visitors will not be taken lightly. And he will not stand for Aberdeen going in, just thinking they can they can turn up and get a victory. I mean, you just look at the, the opening lineup for Aberdeen. It's a, you know, it's a very strong lineup. They're taking this... Very, you know, seriously, they, they could actually do with a win, Aberdeen, because they have gone um, five games without a win. The last victory actually came in the the previous round of this competition. That was a, a two-nil uh, win at Clyde, you know, and they had to work hard for that. And I'm sure they'll have to work hard uh, this afternoon. Robbie Horn's underdogs, they are really well up for this one. They're embracing the challenge that awaits them. You know, they've never been 
in the Scottish Cup fifth round before. Uh, there's confidence in their camp on the back of five games unbeaten, including a 2-1 uh, Cup victory over runaway uh, League One leaders. Uh, Falkirk, I mentioned the uh, away support. They're expecting around about 1,000 here. They're filling up that away section very nicely. And, you know, the fans, they're certainly, you know, making the presence felt today. So should be a great afternoon, hopefully. Any danger for the Dandy Dons? No, none at all. Um, everyone bangs on about Neil Warnock's age, but I was immediately impressed by the kind of performance he got out of them at Ibrooks with less than 24 hours to deal with those players. Last Saturday, we were studying the Celtic game at Pataudry, and I said to Mark Wilson, first half, have you ever seen a worse Aberdeen team in your life? And sure enough, second half, we were better, yeah. but... but at Ibrooks for a man who had only been in the door a matter of hours, he got something out of those players that was remarkable to behold. And he's already stated that he wants to try and win the Scottish Cup and that will be his Scottish legacy. And today there'll be no shock against Bonnie Rigg. Yeah, I'm sure he does. As will Derek McInnes, Fraser. It feels like well, every team wants to win the Cup. It's just obviously the case. But it feels like of the... Teams outside of Glasgow The ones that would think They could have a realistic crack Of giving it a right good go And getting close this year For a number of reasons Would be Kilmarnock Yeah I mean, and uh, they've won both the Cups Certainly in, in, in my career time As well So they've been to Hamden And been successful before And you just have a look At the, the two teams you, you know, Sometimes you come to a game And you get a feeling oh, This could be a tough one For the Premiership team you know, They've got to be careful this doesn't have that feel at all. You know, Cover in League One and they're very, very inconsistent. They've only got five subs. They're experienced players out through injury. Six changes by Derek McInnes. But if you put this team out next week at Celtic Park, you wouldn't be saying, oh, they're really weakened, they're really short. You know, because like some Watkins is up front. Kevin Van Veen, what a chance to give him. 60, 70 minutes uh, as well to get minutes in his legs. It's still with Watson and, and Polworth. You know, they've got Matty Kennedy playing Finlay at the back. So they made six changes. They've still got a really, really strong team. So, so for me... I just can't see any shock and you're right when you get to that quarter finals anything could happen you know they would, they would fancy see a Morton at home or something like that then you're in the semis and they've beaten both the old firm this year there's just a good feeling around Kilmarnock and if they get to the quarters that's a big big step because already you're just one game away from being at Hampden so uh, happy times at Kilmarnock a couple of years ago once happy when Derek McInnes took over but 100 games later this is his 100th game He's, the club is certainly in a far far better place Yes, 100 game, nice milestone for Derek McInnes Of course, the shock desired is by Paul Hartley and Cove I've got great memories of the Scottish Cup Especially as a player I think just for the players in the club this week uh, Going away to Kilmarnock Good stadium Should be a decent crowd there Just you're playing against the best team you're going to face this year For us, so We've got to work extremely hard Saturday To get any sort of result But it's the Cup, you never know what can hurt them We've got to make sure that we stay in the game as long as we can and if we get an opportunity we've got to make sure that we take it but we've got to go there and play well and be confident and be as positive as we can. Great milestone for Derek McInnes but I'll always be grateful to Paul Hartley on the day that Scott Brown goes to (laughs) Ibrooks because it was Paul Hartley who prevented Brunei from throwing me into Loch Lomond. And what's significant about Paul Hartley's Scottish Cup record as a player, I'm asking you three in the studio because the guys out and about at the grounds have actually got, have got clubs. a bit about them. They'll get it straight away. Different clubs. Okay, three. yeah, but I need a, just three a little different bit different more. Clubs. I need a bit more to that detail. Hearts and Celtic. Uh-huh. And no, you're, Aberdeen. You're right. Aberdeen. No, no, no. Yeah. You're right there. But what even, what's the He's added significance? Back-to-back seasons. Two oh. different clubs. Happy yeah. with that? 
That's good. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, we'll leave that one there, there for now. Uh, what about Inverness Hibs? I don't know what was more unexpected, David Friel. The sight of Jamie Carragher in the stands or the sight of the Hibs players doing some sort of huddle on the pitch during their warm up? Yeah, exactly, Gordon. I don't really know what was happening. They just got themselves together. I think one of the first team coaches, it wasn't at Montgomery, and they seemed to have a rousing speech going on. I think that just sums up how big a game this is. Just watching the Hibs fans filtering at the stadium. There's probably going to be a couple of thousand here that have made the journey up. Huge game for their season, um, potentially season defining, I think, because the league form has been so poor. Um, Hibs player for player, Gordon should be far too good for Inverness, but the word that would use to sum up Hibs, having seen them quite a lot recently, is flaky. You never really know what you're going to get. Going forward, they can be really good at the back, they can be terrible. I think David Marshall has saved them at some points, I think at other points he looked his age. So this is going to be a huge, huge match for them. I and mean, we spoke earlier on about Dougie Emery's Morton team being in his image. I would expect Duncan Ferguson's Inverness team to be in his image today. Fully up for it, charging into tackles. And then Billy Mackay, over 100 goals for the club. 35 now, he's a captain. They have a major threat against Hibs. Yeah, I suppose you don't quite know what to get. You look at Hibs and parts of the other night against Celtic. Very good indeed. Had a terrible result at home to St Mirren the week before. Is that is that the shock for you, Hugh Keevans? Can you see it? No, um, no. I think uh, you know Duncan Ferguson's uh, had uh, a reasonable start at Cali Thistle, but the bottom half of the championship, and bad as Hibs have been, they are, they have shown against Celtic that they're better than that, and I, I do think that all this huddle business before the game, it, it, for me, it's indicative of a team who have experienced a bit of bother and are not entirely sure of themselves, but. I do think they've got too much for Cali Thistle. If they don't and they go out, Mick Montgomery should be looking out his passport. Can you see it next time Monday night football's mm. on? Jamie Carragher just stops Gary Neville in his tracks to tell him how much he enjoyed mm. Inverness against Hibs. The atmosphere was incredible. Probably one of the best he's uh, witnessed. Uh, good of the lad going up there and watching his son. Uh, good of the lad to go up there and yeah, watch his yeah, son. Yeah, I like okay. that. I like that. You know, encouragement. Um, I like that to see. But I think he'll be going down the road a, a loser to, to yeah. I think I think yeah. Hibs. The only thing that will go I against thought at least one of you would be giving Inverness no, the chance. The only thing that'll go against Hibs is if they're not up for it, their attitude, not ready to do the battle, could be an upset. But I just feel that Hibs will. I think it'll be tight, but I think Hibs will win it. I'm the same as Hugh and Daz. I just think the quality of player will shine through. Hibs have got quality players that have underperformed this season, but I just think in a day like today. Where you need a wee bit of magic I think they'll They'll show up And I think Inverness will Crash out the cup Similar-ish profile To last night I suppose With the championship team Being at home And the premiership team Being away And not a premiership team That's flying In fact only one point Between uh, Hibs and Motherwell the, This has got nothing to do With whether It'll actually happen or not I suppose just pointing out That it could be done As Morton will testify anyway we're almost there the build up is almost complete all the pre-match talking and predictions about to get put to one side because the kickoffs in the 3 o'clock games are next the winning team all season long this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Gordon Diel are strapping themselves in ahead of a huge day of Scottish Cup action. Let's check what the ACA looks like then, Hugh Keevans. You're not famed for your accurate predictions, but let's see how you go in our five or four, sorry, our four featured three o'clock games. We are overlooking the fact that I was the only one to say Aberdeen won Celtic one last Saturday. However, I'll leave that aside and move on. 
Aberdeen no mucking nettles for Neil Warnock straightforward win Partick Thistle to beat Livy Kilmarnock to beat Cove Hibs to win in Inverness and of course tonight Rangers to take care of air by several goals I think mine's is pretty much the same as Hugh I think that Thistle Livingston game will, will go the course and distance but I'm going to go for Partick Thistle to go through in that one Kelly to beat Cove Hibs to beat Inverness he's a, he's a, a crawler a he's an absolute crawler isn't he all fair he's gone like that he's sticking he's keeping him with his employers on that one yeah well I'm going one different I think Livy will get a result today in the Scottish Cup so the rest Premier League teams for me Clyde One Super Scoreboard Goal Flashes with M&D Green Pharmacy New Year New Start Quit the cigarettes with the smoking cessation programme Well that all sounds a bit straightforward and boring Hopefully we get a bit more action than you lot are predicting A bit more drama, a bit more excitement Who knows, Morton fans will be loving it They've got their feet up listening to us Watching the scores coming in Knowing fine well they are through There's only one way of looking at it, Gordon From a Motherwell perspective They can't ruin your Saturday no, they certainly ruined um, the, the Friday, Friday night. Done. I've got to say, right, um, as much as you can point the finger at Motherwell, I, I agree with the lads talking about, you know, I thought Morton were up for it a little bit more. They, f- they had the fire in their belly. They were ready for the game. Um, you can point the finger at Motherwell being, you know, not as good as what they were against Ross County. But every credit in the world goes to Dougie Emery and, oh. and Andy Millen, assistant manager. Uh, an old player of mine um, and they got them well drilled had a game plan the lad Oakley up front caused all sorts of problems probably should have put them in the lead the one he hits the bar I think he'd have been disappointed but he kept going kept going and got that second like he goal. occupied the entire back three yeah himself, I, 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 I just I just thought it's, it's a typical Premier League team and, and so that's what I've seen about Hibs today when you get down there you've got to have that mentality of going well I know what's coming when the when the whistle goes at half past seven, you know that guys like Power, who's an experienced guy in the middle of the park, he's got to put that first tackle and he's got to set the scene. Of course, you need to be ready for that. Tell you me, need to butt for that. Tell me this, Dazzler. If you're a Morton or a Partick Thistle and you get into the last eight, someone said earlier on, oh, Morton be looking to get somebody down at Capital. Hmm. We should not be looking for Rangers at Ibrox and get a fortune. Well, as a manager, it's been there many times. Um, I've got to say that I don't know what you're laughing, at, Mark. If you <laughs> it's look. just how you shoehorn that, and yeah, he yeah. was asking a perfectly well, well, sensible well, well, question. People out there will then realise that the answer getting back coming from someone with experience it knows their stuff. It yeah. knows their stuff. Um, no, I would. When you get to the quarterfinal, Hugh, for me, you want to try and get to the semis. I, 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 <laughs> to I, I, the I, yeah, uh, yeah, but I would be looking. I'm not interested in giving Air United money. I'm looking at getting my CV up there, right? Uh-huh. So I'm looking at Somerset Park. Don't care who we play. You want to avoid Rangers and Celtic if they're in it, and obviously that's what they're looking to do. I'm not. I'm not looking at Ibrox. I'm not looking at Celtic Park. I'm looking home draw against the worst team possible to get yeah. me in the semi final. Is this stage of the competition that it changes? I think that stuff yeah. comes in earlier on if you're a proper middle. But at this stage, when you know you're then a game away from the semi. Give us the easiest chance to get yeah, to that yeah. semi. I, I read a, a, a piece uh, on Scott Brown today where he was talking about budgets. Uh, always a problem. We're a hand-to-mouth country. You know, there are very few teams, look at Hibs this week, posted very poor financial figures. It's a recurring theme. Uh, I just think if you're looking to progress your club, 
you know, Rangers at Ibrox, 50,000 in because the Rangers fans think the treble's on. Uh, you, you know, you, you, you set the club up. Maybe, maybe I'm just putting finance before well, dreams. Well, look at, look at this way, right? A scenario for me, if I'm looking at the draw just now, you're looking at Partick Livingston. And if you're Doug Emery, you're probably fancying one of the two. One of them at Capolo. Capolo, get to a yeah. semi. And then you've got a semi. And and if you get that, you get a lot of money. You get a full house probably at Capolo in the quarterfinal. There are a great crowd there last night, I've oh. got to say. Then you've got that opportunity semi-final. You're one away from no it. goals early on. Aidan Fitzpatrick's had a shot deflected over for Partick Thistle. Uh, there was a bonnie rig corner early on. They had what? a shot that was deflected. Um, Martin Boyle trying to make something happen for Hibs deflected wide the main talking point from Inverness is that it's freezing and Duncan Ferguson's <laughs> not wearing a jacket because obviously Duncan He's Ferguson wouldn't wear a jacket let's do this shall we Hugh mm. the first half teaser with the scottishsun.co.uk slash football for the best football news and opinion online oh Put Celtic and Rangers out of your mind. Out of your mind. We don't want anything to do with Celtic or Rangers. Not including the old firm. Can you name the last five Scottish captains to have lifted the Scottish Cup? Good question. No Celtic, no Rangers. Can you name the last five out with the old firm? We have Scottish captains who lifted the Scottish Cup. On your marks, get set, go. That is the idea of the first half teaser. It's a race. You need to get a tweet with all of the correct answers on it, and you need to send it to at Clyde SSB quicker than everyone else. Let's see if you can do it. Go at Clyde SSB, and we will announce the winners just before half time in the three o'clock games. I can tell you that Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are looking quite blankly at each other. I Mark. think that's a, a very, very good question, afternoon. It's not a great start from. No, we've got one. We've got one. We've got if one. you are interested in English football, the early game that finished was Man City beating Everton 2 0. Erling Haaland, he's just not hitting the, si- the heights of last season. He's been out injured for a while, and that's him up to 23 goals for this season. He's really struggling, isn't he? Your heart bleeds for them. And all the stories in the Spanish press that he didn't really like Manchester and he wanted to go to Spain, and he's answered in the very best fashion today. Yeah, you've got to stay in Manchester. Fantastic place to live. Great, great. Where did you live when you were down there? Uh, quite near Fergie. I, was, I stayed next to Bobby Charm, didn't I? I told you. Oh, Hale yeah. Barnes, very upmarket place. That's when I had a right few quid in the pocket. <laughs> you must oh, have stuck out like God. a sore thumb. Oh, mate, honestly. Wandering I'm not kidding you. He, on. he strikes oh. me as a guy that lived in kind of the, oh. the more modest flats around the corner. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Just just tell tell everybody he loved there. I, I've got to say, I had a very, very nice house. It was quite big. And I'm not showing off, but it was massive, <laughs> right? Like most things in my life. It sounds exactly like you're showing off, right? To be clear, but but I've got a lovely, lovely area. Mm-hmm. I, I brought it down a little so bit. Where did it all go wrong? Um, where did it all go wrong is is a very good question, Gordon. Have we got um, long enough to <laughs> analyse that? Look. Did you ever meet Deirdre Barlow? Into everyone's life a little rain must fall And that's what happened I had a oh. storm I had a storm You had a tsunami <laughs> <laughs> Remember he went through his period of scenes every week oh, That was yeah, almost a hark back to it done that. What um, was that one? Into everyone's life a little rain must fall It's true what Mark says You were you tried to be quite the philosopher for a, I'm a, a philosopher, couple of months just, But you've, you've let that slip recently Yeah, I've just enjoyed the show But um, no, I, I came back to that Manchester is a fantastic place You never answered my question Did you ever de- meet 
Deirdre Barlow. I, I, I was out with the Casty Cornish, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get showed round. Yeah. Why set him up to tell the nation Curly another Watt. lie? <laughs> Curly Watts and I once well, ended he up. He is a big city fan, isn't he? The yeah, guy that plays him. Curly Watts, yeah. yeah. What, uh, could I, what could I ask him when he would tell anybody no. the truth? Exactly. Yeah, you know, I always tell the truth unless it's a lie. <laughs> Into, I, I like the thought of that. If um, there's a cup shock today, just listen to worry. Into everyone's life, a little rain yeah. must Lovely. fall. Aye. It's a nice like You're going to take that. Just hear Bruni saying that at Ibrook. <laughs> <laughs> Where does that originate? Who did you steal that from? I just, heard that at a funeral or I'm something not, like that. It's kind oh, of funeral so part. Silly. I just, it just, it's words. It just comes from oh, it's a the song. inner. Into Each Life Some Rain Must Fall is a 1944 song performed <laughs> as a duet by the Ink Spots featuring oh, Bill yes. Kenny and Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, yes. Ella. What, Ella, greatest female singer of all time. Well, I just, I never knew that. That was, that's oh, no, however, information no, to me. There's, there's, there are mixed uh, results here. It's a, what are we? It's a Henry Wadsworth Longfellow quote yes. as well, apparently. I don't even know who that is. It's a Gordon Deal quote now. He doesn't know who you are either. <laughs> Martin Boyle has sliced a shot wide 20 yards out, so Hibbs looking to try and score early and calm everything down. That, and I know it's a cliche, but that, that does feed into any... Any cup shock, Mark, you're kind of looking to calm those nerves. That opener for Motherwell, uh, for Morton last night, calamitous oh. from Motherwell, and that's the bit that, that really flips everything, doesn't it? It allows yeah. the panic to set in, it allows Morton to get belief and go after them. And I, no. know they, I know they had chances before that, but it's if you can get that early goal. I, I, I think even the most successful players playing for the biggest clubs when they go into this competition and they come up against a team in a division or two below... I think they always have that wee bit of fear, wee bit of nerves. They know they're better players than them. That's why they're the bigger club. Um, they know they've got better teammates. However, anything can happen. So, of course, you go in a bit nervy until someone then kind of grabs a bull by the horns and scores and alleviates the pressure. Chance for Cove. <sighs> Roman Borrell, who's the goal machine at Cove, his shot cleared off the line by Fraser Murray. Keeper was beaten. Kelly, I haven't got going yet with nine minutes gone. There's my financial point again. Kicking the teeth. Motherwell, who recently made the, the video and very cleverly put it out there that they could do with a few bob. Now, going out to Morton last night is a sore blow oh, in sure. financial terms for them. And they, not at any stage in the game did they look as if they were capable of even forcing a replay. Well, we would have gone the distance last night. I thought, I don't, I don't know. I am quite cynical about it all, and believe me, I was shouting. Profanities at the TV yeah. Maybe with another 10 minutes Maybe When they get back into one It puts a little bit of pressure You see Morton They just They dug in deep And all credit to them They just You know They fought for every yeah. ball The writing was on the wall I think Roger mentioned The, the poor uh, incident In the middle of Park early I look at Liam Kelly Early doors Dropping the ball Gordon And I'm thinking Ooh, That's a bit worrying Is it a bit of nervousness Or is it just you know, it's a casual mistake, whatever it may be, but you just had the feeling as the game went on and on and on, you're thinking, oh, if Morton get the first goal, mother won't trouble. Financially, it probably goes down as more of a missed opportunity, though, than anything, because yeah. these teams, I'd like to think, don't budget for a cup run, because oh, no, you no, don't course. guarantee it. But I, I remember um, Alan Burroughs on this programme with yourself uh, when he was at Motherwell and saying that very thing. that you know, First of all, the budget for staying in the division, and that's, that's where life it, begins yeah. and ends. 
Uh, well, I've got work to do on that front as well. Bit of a blow for Will Fish. He's down injured after making a tackle, which is never ideal there in Inverness. So we'll see if he manages to recover or if Hibs have to shuffle their back line early on in this one. See, the thing about Hibs, they've got money coming in. They've got Bill Foley, the Bournemouth owner. They've got his money coming in. There's a new dynamic coming. They're, they're going to need it, judge, judging yeah. in the, the yeah. last set of financial figures this yeah, week. Absolutely. And that's why you know you have to be careful. If you're the manager, you have to be careful that you're the right guy to lead the new dynamic. You can't... I think it's three losses and two draws in the last five games. That's not... Really, what's required? Did I read the chief exec is getting paid three hundred and fifty thousand? I saw something like that. Yeah, that's astonishing. The the amount of money that is for the role that he's performing at this minute in time. Yeah, it doesn't look good for Hibs, but Hugh is right. Maybe investments just coming at the right time. But they need they need better players on the pitch. And with the investment, you need proper leadership. Because does that, does that take you back to your Celtic days when you earned double that? <laughs> I well, just know how you feel. There's nothing better than going to that cash line. No, you've got a few quid in there. Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing. The money to the end. You're usually a man of the people. See when I get my sign on. way to alienate the listening audience. Listen, see when I get my sign on for Man City, I invite everybody along, right to the high street. Right, queue up, I'll get the balance here Have a look at that <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I asked you 10 minutes ago Did it all go wrong? Did it all go wrong? I can dance. just imagine a queue outside the cash machine At Motherwell Asda now to have a look Have a whip for me Right, oh come on Dazzler You fell in hard times Here a wee fiver, go and get yourself You must have been a nightmare in your oh, pub I was, uh, I was my, my head was like uh, Rogers uh, I was out right there I was Massive. We're beginning to get a picture of where it all went wrong now. <laughs> An arm, arm injury for Will Fish yeah. He should be okay, apparently um, What was the most extravagant thing you bought then in your time? Because you seem yeah, This will be good You seem to you be a big spender stupid. Um, oh, I, can't, I can't remember that But what, what I used to do was I used to My first wife, she was with me in that journey And um, we used to meet at Altrincham and I, I would go in and look, give her cash, and I would take cash, and we'd have a thing. We'd meet an hour and a half later to see what we bought, bought, just for a shake. So you didn't. Oh, this, this would be like the eighties. So when you ask what's the most extravagant thing you bought, there's not a daft car, a daft watch that you think, what an idiot, <laughs> a DeLorean. No, I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm not begging. I'm nice not begging car. Well, I had a, I had a massive mm-hmm. house. I had to, oh, frightening. Honestly, you could play tight and see, you never get found. It was incredible. I see that. I think, I think, I think, address. I think, so clearly, I think clearly it this. was, um, his social life that he's been yeah, there. Yeah, I, I think so. Bedroom flat. <laughs> Where you see George Best with the champagne fountains and that, that's, that's kind well, of, I was running the about with Higgy, right? Alex Higgins, the real Higgins, know that, John. Alex. Um, guys, the big time, no, the Gallagher brothers were hanging about, <laughs> Curly Watts. I just, I get led astray, I get led astray. I wonder if Noel Gallagher sometimes thinks of you. you know. Probably will. Sunshine. We had a good day. Um, what was that? <laughs> when you were at Man City, <laughs> Ah, they were young, very young. You were just Gallagher off. would have been at school. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Aye. No, he wasn't. They were very young. He's 10 years younger than you, Liam Gallagher. Yeah, they were young. That's young. <laughs> so what age we a man say twenty odds. Something so you're hanging about with a ten year old. <laughs> <We> move on. <laughs> so now, no, it was the other one. 
Liam, <laughs> Liam, <laughs> Liam, Liam's, Liam's younger. David Friel says that's definitely maybe a lie. Oh, like, oh, nice. yeah. Yeah. See, little by little, we will unpick the, <laughs> well, the well, lies that you, you tell. You can look, Alex, <laughs> guys like Alex Higgins and people like that. That's who I ran about. That was my circle. Oh, stop never going to live forever. What's the story? What about you, Mark Wilson? Because you're in the more bling flash era. Do you have a regrettable purchase? What was the first thing you did when you cracked the big time? The jacket. Uh, really handsome jacket. <laughs> no, no, I told, I, I've told you this before, but it wasn't it really bling? But I bought a caravan in the boat, didn't I? Right away when oh, I went to Celtic. The boat sank. So I, I sta- started static caravan followed by a boat and it sank. So that was pretty, that was pretty flashy. With, with no disrespect uh, to the many caravan owners who are listening, it's just not quite what I had in mind when I thought Champions League footballer. I, I didn't think you'd run out and buy a caravan. I get no offence. I get hammered for it. So I went down to walk home and walk home and holiday park. So I went down there, right, just for a weekend, <laughs> and we stayed in a cottage. And I got up the next day to walk the dog. Hungover, and uh, <laughs> I, I didn't drink at that time. And uh, I met the, the owner of the site, and I says, oh, I saw you coming, didn't I? Have you anything for sale here? And he says, I've, I've just got the very thing for you. This get there, you are. And it was, I think I paid something like, was it 11 grand, 12 oh, grand? Was boat, good. boat included, or no, was that a Paul, Paul Telfer got me the boat. So I said no, to Telfer, I said to Telfer, I had this caravan and I was looking for a boat. He says, I know a couple that's selling a boat. Much, I, much. So we went through to Kerstorf and it was only like f- four grand. By the way, I got, I got done <laughs> and that sunk aye. aye. So my first trip and it, no boating experience at all. Me and my dad went over, right? <laughs> because right across the lot was Inversnade to tell. So me and my dad went over at sunset, right? And gave it a wee run it. Who was driving it? Me. <laughs> right, so we jumped it but I had one of these outboard engines that you pull up so we pulled it up because the rocks were there we couldn't get it back down we could not get us back down because there must have been a latch so we are there booting this engine while this tourist looking at us going these guys clearly know nothing about so the sun's gone down we ended up getting the engine down getting back that was just one of the many I want to get, get back to you because I'm starting to no- notice a bit of a pattern with you but we we do have one of these it was about five minutes ago sorry, now to be, to be quite honest <laughs> but it's all good with M&D Green Pharmacy Bojan Miofsky doing what yeah. Bojan Miofsky does Aberdeen taking the lead against Bonnie Reg Rose a couple of divisions between those sides you would expect the Dons to have a fairly comfortable afternoon and it always helps when you've got a man of his calibre. I'll tell you what, we, yeah, you posed the question, who's favourite for the title now? If either Aberdeen, if either Celtic or Rangers had bought Mijowski, they'd have put a down payment on the title. I know the same goes for Lord Shankland. It's the one thing, someone mentioned Celtic's firepower. What firepower? Kyogo's got eight goals. James Tavernier, Rangers right back, has got ten. And, you know, the... They, they don't have firepower I suppose you need to wait and see what Adam is capable of wouldn't you without doubt it'd be two penalties to the good however Miofsky would have won the title for Celtic or Rangers had one of them signed him he is very good isn't he whether that's the case mm, or not yeah. he's he's I, excellent I'm surprised nobody's come in and burst the bank for him because he's at the right age as well Gordon mm-hmm. you know what I mean there's still a return on him in, f- in future years I'm sure Aberdeen desperate to keep him but 
I think he's got everything in his locker. Really do. Uh, he's, he's he's more than goals, but his technique, his first touch, he's got a lot to his game. He's much quicker than people maybe yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, I well. think so. I think so, and I'm I'm the same as the guys. I'm surprised that one of them didn't even just put in a bid for him. But his friend as well. I mean, the equalising goal at Ibrooks, you know, he's done well there, holding off the defender. The guy's got a lot in his locker, as the Dazzler would say. Yeah, Bojan Miowski putting Aberdeen one up. It's the only goal of the Scottish Cup games so far. So to get back to you, Mark Wilson, uh, something's yeah. been bothering me. Right. I feel like you should stop buying or stop owning expensive things. You get a boat and it sinks. You yeah. have previously told us on the show that a magician... <laughs> A pretend magician <laughs> stole Aye, an Omega watch off uh, your wrist and ran away with it. Uh, and I didn't buy that. <laughs> and I think you've also covered on the show before that you have had expensive cars stolen from your driveway. I got my Range so, Rover stole. I think <laughs> the you old fishing hook. I think oh, through I the Just smarten up. I did. Well, do you see the car I'm driving now? It's certainly not a Range Rover, so I've learned my lesson. Is that what it was? The old fishing hook through the door? Aye, aye, I'd left, the I'd left, keys. I'd, so I'd left my keys on the wee console table. <laughs> I by the laugh, door, obviously. <laughs> it wasn't funny when crying. I woke up and uh, I woke up and the car wasn't there and figured it out that and the police says we've had a spate of these gone a bit that they go through your door with a fishing hook, whip your keys and I've only had my car stole once. It was a sponsored one. It was a nightmare as well because I got it on the Thursday and I slaughtered all the boys. It was a it was a, just a guy from a garage decided it. What club is this? Wraith Rovers. Uh, it was beautiful, it was the escort the sporty one right so it was the fastest car in the world beautiful right? <laughs> it wasn't though was it like this is just it a was. little Lewis Hamill couldn't have controlled this the fastest this. car in the world Louis Hamill right. and Monte Carlo couldn't have oh, controlled it. right <laughs> let me tell you now and this, the moral story was I slaughtered the boys all the way home the, I'm just telling them I'm a top player they sponsor me Thursday on my life get something to Friday morning my car's away <laughs> <laughs> Serves you right One day Quite I had frankly. it right And because it wasn't a garage It was just a guy Who sponsored the club I went back I went look The car's away It's been found It's a write off the, You're the young lad That stole it Smashed it into a, a bridge Right Total write off And he gave me It must have been A 20 year old <laughs> Escort What have I seen that? I'm, I'm thinking I don't I'm, I'm, I'm that Quite frankly yeah. I know I'm going to regret this But did you ever play Higgins at snooker? John Higgins? No. Alex, Alex Higgins. Higgins? Oh, yeah, yeah. He used to give you 50 a start for 28 quid. Yeah? Yeah, that was his... Did uh, you ever beat him? Oh, of course, I was a top player. All right. Shut up. <laughs> I don't know what route this show's I'm, taking. Well, you know... I, I don't know if I believe that. I've never seen you playing snooker. It's actually... Do you know what? Anno- 114 do you know, Annoyingly, break. right, annoyingly, he actually can turn his hand to most sports. Yeah, he, he is good at all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. One one fourteen, mate, Brett. Uh, and that's true. Touch your hands. John Higgins will be listening, and he'll be on this. Soon, John, John will tell you. John will tell you. Okay. There's the one thing he will admit to. We'll find out. Anyway, the reason we're talking about Mark Wilson's thefts and Gordon Diel's lies is because there are not many goals to tell you about. But it's good fun anyway. Aberdeen are one up on Bonnie Ring Rose thanks to Boyan Mayovsky's opener. Bright, they're one up Spurs. Yeah, I've seen one that. Up, yeah. one, one up on Ange. Yeah. Uh, Grandson's torn. I was wondering. I was wondering. He's torn, yeah. So the grandson's a big Brighton fan, obviously, as we've covered, season uh-huh. ticket holder. Yeah. But he was a big Ange fan. Big Ange fan, yeah. So torn. torn today, but it would, now it's that the, the seagulls, seagulls yeah. are in front, it'd be brand new. 
Partick Thistle nil, Livy nil, Kilmarnock nil, Cove nil, and Inverness nil, Hibs nil. Remind me of your teaser if you can, please. Hugh? Okay, excluding old firm managers, can you name the last five Scottish captains to have lifted the Scottish Cup? Who are the last five non old firm Scottish captains to have lifted the Scottish Cup? Great guesses coming in. Mark Wilson's got four out of five, I have to tell you. He's got 80% of the answer. I'm impressed. I really like. But somebody stole the last one, and uh, that's it. Mike, Michael is on Twitter and he's he's ticking along lovely. I'm looking through his answers, going brilliant. Yes, well done, well done, well done. Then I get to Marius Zaliukas. What part of Scotland was he from, Michael? Come <laughs> on, you're nearly there. You're very nearly there. But lots of people giving it a good go. Mark Sloan would like to throw in Stephen Elvis Presley. So did Mark Wilson, so and I put a line through it. Forget it. Get it. Back out there uh, Any others that need to be eliminated at the moment Not too many you know People giving it a real good go Charlie Bear I think has fallen down on a couple Richie Foran No He was Irish And I don't think he was yeah. a cup winning captain anyway But um, he was Irish Alan Manis No Also mm. not from these parts What else do we have Yeah not a bad Not a bad effort so far Keep your guesses coming Remember it is a race At Clyde SSB Let's see how you get on. We've got another one of these. Goal flashes with M&D Green Pharmacy. Goal again. Aberdeen again. Miovsky again. It's a ball in from Polvara. And you feel for the Bonnie Rig defenders, they knew they would be up against it anyway. But it must be a real challenge going up against someone as good and who's flying away. Bojan Miovsky is an emphatic finish. He makes it too personally and for the team and Aberdeen are comfortable. For Bonnie Rigg, it's a bit like Bucky Thistle when they went to Celtic. You, you, you feel privileged to be there. Uh, and you know it's inevitable that something like that will happen because you, you don't survive Miofsky. Um Teams from the Premiership don't survive Miofsky. Uh So it's a great start for Neil Warnock. His uh, dream of the Scottish Cup progresses. And for Bonnie Rigg Rose, it's a pleasure being there. Twenty. Two for the season now For yeah. Bojan Miofsky And he's not done today yet either That's a brilliant return and that's, that's with a team who are not playing well Yeah, that's right That's right When any striker goes to Celtic or Rangers 20 plus goals a season Is probably regarded as good going And Hugh's right Miofsky 20 plus already For a team that's struggling this year 22 in 35 yeah, yeah. A good return yeah. isn't it Because I was, I was looking at his total appearances But that included some of the international games So if I took them out I think it's about 22 and 35 Give or take And You wonder what it would have taken To get him away from Aberdeen Because Aberdeen wouldn't have Of course Sold him on the cheap But what does that really look like? Depends yeah. on his contract situation isn't it? How long is he Has he got a long term up there? I think also you, you, <coughs> We spoke about Hearts and Shankland Many times In third place You're looking at about 6 million quid For Europe it depends if Aberdeen had given up on third, if you like, mm. at that point, or thought, well, it's very unlikely that we're going to get there. Let's let's make the money that we would miss out on. Yeah, I think I, that's a good shout. By I, selling this guy. Uh, you look at the points difference from where Aberdeen to Hearts is, I think that's far too yeah. great to make up. Yeah, no, but I suppose it's probably that's intensified even since the window. Yeah. Well, I suppose the window's only been closed for two, two match days, hasn't it, in the... Premiership but I think it's 2026 his contract so there's a bit of security but if you're looking maximum money probably this this summer yeah yeah, oh, yeah. two years yeah. remaining yeah. however 
to stick up for Aberdeen fans, not everything always has to be about selling. And I think that's the frustration for the so-called smaller teams. I think we know there's an, an inevitability there. But the Hearts fans had to listen to the full month of everybody else yep. saying that Rangers or Celtic should buy Lauren Shankland and none of them did. One of these times, you know, someone's going to pose the question, are we a big club or not? Do we think of ourselves as a big club? We know there's a statue of Fergie outside the ground. We know we used to be the kings of Europe. We know we used to be the kings of Scotland and Celtic and Rangers were envious of us. <coughs> but that was decades ago. Hmm. Are we going to try and get our reputation rebuilt, restored, refurbished? And as you rightly say, it has to stop being all about mm. selling at some point. To go back and contradict my own argument, though, uh, how do you avoid the food chain of world football? If you've got a 24-year-old international player who comes and goes and scores what now could be easily 30 goals in a season, somebody, you've, some, you've, you've done somebody, some, somebody somewhere is going to... Of course, you've, you've, you've recruited well. by getting into Europe, you know, which got mm-hmm. hearts a few quid. Flashes with M and D Green Pharmacy. Partick Thistle one, Livingston nil. We're going to see another top flight team tumble out of the Scottish Cup. It is early, but it's a good start from Partick Thistle, and it is a great strike from Kerr McEnroy. Thirty yards from goal, smashes at home. McGovern in the Livy goal, absolutely no chance, and Partick Thistle lead Livingston by a goal to nil with twenty seven minutes gone. Well, when you're playing Livy at the moment, one might be all it takes. Um, I'm not going to be daft enough to say with an hour left to play in the game that that's it all over but uh, it certainly unnerves the Livingston players and they really do need to come back quickly and if Partick Thistle score a second one then I'm sorry but it looks like curtains He's a good player Kerr McEnroy on loan from Kelly but he's goes to show you you know the loan market when you get the right type in it can work in both teams benefit he played most games for Thistle but I'll do the boy the world the good and can certainly strike a ball so good on him bad news for Livy it uh, just keeps getting worse and worse every single week you're looking for a result it doesn't happen but look the advantage is um, it's still it's still a lot of football to play but I think David Martindale will be a bit concerned just now all I can really tell you from the Highlands is that Jamie Carragher's watched his boy getting booked that's about it <laughs> A tackle on Mariah Welsh and James Carragher goes into the book there. So I'm sure his old man had a yellow card or two oh, yeah. across oh, did, his yeah. career, didn't he? He played I mean, some amount of games for Liverpool, didn't he? More than 700 times for Liverpool. Incredible. Yeah. He wasn't what you would say the most greatest player. No, he was but just you, a steady, steady You go back player. to that bit, Dazzler, about the trenches. If you're in the trenches, oh. you want Jamie Carragher standing I was going to say, you. you don't... Played 700 games He's better than just steady yeah. uh, well, For uh, Liverpool what, what, what In one I'm, Champions look, League I, I'm, not knocking, I'm not knocking him What I'm saying is Steady was, was a pro- bit No, he mm. was probably What I call a 7, 8 out of 10 Every week <laughs> That's better steady right? <laughs> <laughs> I would take hey, that right. 7 or 8, eight out of 10 week. Okay I'll tell in you what top league pick, in the world. Me, pick me up Because I used the word Steady wrong <laughs> You know what I mean You know what I was meaning We got a call Remember um, Martin Keown's boy Was up here as well yeah. Wasn't he Niall yeah. Keown Is he a thistle uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Yeah he was That's it That's just all I've got In the yeah. list of English Is his boy I've not seen his boy Is his boy a player At Inverness Yeah I wouldn't pretend to know Is he a midfielder He's only just um, sign 
in Where, January. Where's he from? Is it Wigan? I think it was. Wigan. Wigan, I think so. Um, David Fields says he'll pop over and tell him that he was a steady Eddie. <laughs> Can you tell Cara, the Dazzler says you were a steady send Eddie. Send my regards. Uh, I, I played. Who's that? That was Jamie Carragher. I played against the real Liverpool. Let's, let's not be kidding. <laughs> These guys, you can 700 odd games. I played against the real Liverpool. I played I, against him last year in the Masters, Carragher. And he still strolled it. He was playing for Liverpool. Oh, was that they want before they, uh, they made it just the Scottish teams? Aye, so it was Liverpool, Man United, Celtic Rangers. Carragher played at the back. So and he, he was decent. This lot that are played this afternoon, are they the phony Liverpool then? If he played against I, don't, I don't think Liverpool will ever have a team that they had in the 80s. I mean, the, the, current, the current team's all right. You're talking Douglas's, Soonis's, Hansen's, all these guys. The standard, I know, the standard of football back in the day. Oh, man, is non- nonsense. So, what you're saying is <laughs> Douglas wasn't that good a player. That's uh, what you're just, saying. Just a different style. Danny McGray and Mark Walsh. Hello. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> why did I get brought in there? Yeah, because that just gets to my argument. I thought it was Gordon that was having a go. That was my argument. Like my argument. Um, Alex Bruce, he was up here. Steve's yeah, boy he was, uh, as well. There we go. That's three. Hardly a bit of business he was, Alex Bruce. Came up here, didn't he? Kill Marnock. Kelly, yeah. Mm, okay. That's it. Definitely all out now, I think, on rugged English centre halves <laughs> whose sons have played up here. It's a very niche question, I have to say. There we go. It keeps us busy. I'm well, surprised so with Kilmarnock and Cove. I thought yeah. Well, actually, grumbling a bit. Are they? Yeah, they are grumbling. Um, starting to moan at a few mistakes and so on. Not too happy at what they're witnessing, the Kilmarnock fans. Because, like yeah. we said, every, well, I think any Premiership team is entitled to have high expectations when Cove come to your place. Sure. But I think, particularly Kilmarnock. Derek McInnes, he. Knows what it takes to get to the latter stages of cup competitions. They yeah. felt hard done by in the League Cup against Celtic in the semi final last season. They've beaten both. They've shown what they can do. On on paper, they're the the outsider, if you like, that should be looking at a, a cup run. Yeah, it would be a shock. You know, if Partick Thistle do put Livingston out, then we can argue whether that's a shock or not. But it would be a shock if Cove from the Division One come here and beat Kilmarnock uh, it would certainly spoil the milestone that is Derek McInnes' 100th game in charge of Kilmarnock but Kilmarnock have simply been a decent turn yeah. all season long and you can't go out of the cup to Cove anyway there's still plenty to go we're still level and their recruitment's been lauded and rightly so one of them Kevin Van Veen's just hit the bar flicked header from Matty Kennedy's corner looking for his first goal got a debut against his former team at Fir Park but ended up Getting booed on and kicked the ball away and get booked and that was about it. So looking for his first goal, a change for Livy, which disrupts things further. Scott Pittman off injured, Andrew Shinney comes on. Livingston, remember, trailing by a goal to nil. Partick Thistle in front in that one. Aberdeen 2-0 up against Bonnie Rig Rose. Bojan Miofsky with both. They look comfortable, but nothing else. Nothing between Kilmarnock and Cove or Inverness Hibs. And your full build-up to Rangers against Air United is still to come. The Gordon DL Derby, they're calling it. Mm, <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, 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 speaking about that, just a couple of stats that ah, right, goes okay. with that. Gordon DL. You've been doing your research, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, Gordon DL in charge of four straight defeats to Rangers as Air United manager. But that's not the most interesting thing. What's interesting I, I, then? I, well, the aggregate score in those games was <laughs> 16-1 to Rangers. 
Yeah, Sixteen I've got to say uh, Funnily enough So uh, Josh uh, them, I wasn't the manager Josh has sent me a great picture What a collector's item this is Okay So n- September 1996 Rangers against Air United In the Coca-Cola Cup Third round And You are there There's the big Feature on you Because obviously you're It's the Goldendale Derby so it says, knocking the ball into the back of the opponent's net at Ibrooks is a fond memory of ex-Gers forward Gordon DL. Uh, tonight, he'll have to be in a different frame of mind as he tries to put one over on his old team in, slightly le- in a slightly less glamorous role as player-manager of second division here. Is that the? I don't mind these people. Is that the? No, it's the. That, I'm reading this from the the program. No, no, you. The that's what I'm saying. The, the person who's wrote that was that the three-one game. DL hasn't had an easy time of it at Somerset Park with minimum resources available and crowds of just over a thousand. He may even pitch himself into the action if required tonight. Those. Please tell me you didn't. <laughs> Absolutely not. A Do you know what? That I think. What year was that? Ninety-six. Ninety-six. Where are we? No, these different. So, uh, right, three-one. It does a, a a feature of your team. So it's got you've got Robert Connor, Paul Kinnear, Paul Smith, George Duncan, Isaac English, yeah. Stephen Kerrigan, Ronnie Coyle. Did Darren Henderson playing that? I don't know. Right, I'm going to tell you right now. We were drawn one-one with ten minutes to go, and Rangers cheated us on that <laughs> night. Oh, right, it's a big call. Well, I'll by, tell by you why. It's a big call. Tell you why. One-one. We're all over the top of them. Right. Okay, we weren't uh, exaggerated there. We were backs to the wall. They get a free kick. We set up the wall. Henry Smith, who's now a postman, no wonder, right, uh, that night. He comes out to, to move the wall. The referee clearly gets uh, the whistle up and says, don't take it until I blow the whistle. Gascoigne runs up, flicks it round the wall, and the ball goes into the empty net, and the referee, <laughs> go. Right, disgraceful. And we lost three one. Well, it, it wasn't Rangers who cheated then; it was a referee. I don't want to point the finger. At I, the you referee. know what? I think I remember that. I was I remember that graceful. Goal. I was honestly. It livid. sounds. It sounds like you needed VAR actually on that night. Do you know who else scored? Then here's one for you. It's a good one because it's very relevant to what we're discussing. Who scored for Rangers that night? Yeah, if I can think it did anyway. Um, Should have saw it there. Who else? Am I right there with Gascoigne, yeah? Yes. There you go. I, I, we were and all they over And they only put you to bed in injury time. But who scored? McInnes. Derek McInnes. Did he? Yeah. Held well, it against I, I've always since. known why I didn't really like him. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Derek McInnes. Did Player a good manager. Team, Player I, manager. I didn't play that night. I, do you know I sacrificed myself? Strip on under the I suit. sacrificed myself. Roger Hannes reminded me, is that not the famous night you've told the story? What? It's the Coca-Cola Cup Is that not the, the, bike, the bike? The bike get given to Paul Kinnaird For man of the match And he sells it outside Before aye, he gets on I, the team I, bus I, Yeah he played against <laughs> aye, 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 <laughs> strip Have you never heard that before? No so Before was, he got on the bus so he was, so right, You get a bike from right. Coca-Cola For man of that. the match so He goes outside onto 
Edmondson Drive, presumably, and sold the bike. They just jumped on was the that, Was it the Ibrox or Somerset that happened? But I come in the dressing room and after a game, we played Rangers. I don't know if it was Ibrox or Somerset no, and Rod, another Rod, cup. Listen, you shouldn't do Roger right. Anna, surely. And I'm looking about and I'm saying, guys, listen, we were all over the top of them. They're in there lucky. They're, they're, they're happy with their performance. We should have put them out. And I'm looking about and I'm going, we're short of a man. Where's, where's, where's PK? Ah, he's outside. I says, he's outside doing what? Oh, he won Manny Match, he got a bike. He's out there selling it. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to sales, sales pitch for that. And he want to buy a bike in his car broken down. Did, um, <laughs> your player managers are a weird concept, isn't it? No, Reese McCabe's never... still doing it. Is there anyone else, really? Is it, was that a, is that a kind of 90s thing that died out a bit would you I always say? remember yeah. Derek McInnes telling us him and Tony Dock when he was at St Johnson and Dale was playing yeah, and Tony, and Tony, hooked, him. Yeah. Tony hooked him and says at half time you need to take yourself off and that was the last game we played never you played again no, I, I did you play many when you were player not, manager not really because you come in at half time right you're slaughtering the boys yeah. and you're having a bad game right and you're thinking bit unfair um, so I took myself out of the fire and lie. I wish I'd played that night. No, is it a, a weird one? What my high second... profile example. Kenny the well, did it though, did they not? To yeah. Liverpool, yeah, yeah. A, a weird one for me. Must I think it was my second or third game as airtime manager. We were playing against Awa and Jim Goodwin was Awa player, player manager. manager. He gets sent off in the first half. <laughs> so uh, slightly awkward. Alex Neal do that as well at Hamilton. He did do that at Hamilton, yeah, for the yeah. first year. I think I remember least, him yeah. he, he off played as well when as the, I was there. He, he played when they beat Hibs one day at Easter Road. Remember Terry Butcher was celebrating yeah. at, um, at Hamilton, think mm. they'd obviously won the playoff. And yeah. Alex Neil played at Easter Alex Neil, I, I was there covering the game for Clyde. I'll, I'll never forget it. The, I mean, you can only sum it up the Glasgow way. He stuck the heed on somebody. And that was that. Was that was that, that 10 2 game? Uh, I remember that Morton, yeah. something like that. Around that time anyway uh, Livy have got a goal disallowed Teddy Yenge header From Stephen oh. Kelly's corner Looked harsh But Nick Walsh That's another push. feature of Livy they, they, they miss penalties They have goals disallowed they are, Somewhere along the line You need luck And the only kind They've got is bad luck If they get out of the cup This afternoon This oh. is a long season for yeah, them yeah. Really is uh, And a poor one obviously Because they're They're relegated there's no doubt in that they ain't going to get out of that. So a cup run would have probably kept that excitement going for a full club. But you're back to the money. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with that. But look, it's not half time yet. Still it's quite late. open actually at Pataudry. Bunny Rigger having a bit of a go. Quite like that. Two 0 yeah. down. Yeah. It'd be easy to panic and shut up shop even more. But Barrett's kind of turned. He's hit a shot straight at Doohan um, in the Aberdeen goal today. I so love giving uh, a bit of a goal. I love Neil Warnock when you played it earlier on. They said when he was at Burton Albion, they, they put out Leicester with Gary Lineker and that lot, as he put mm. it. Spoke to him a few times in my early career at management, yeah. yeah. He bought a player off as an heir. Did he? Yeah, French lad, uh, De Jaffel. Roger Hannell oh, confirmed that. Yeah, 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 brilliant player. Yeah. Um, I uh, brought him over for obviously France because he was French. <laughs> uh, he hadn't been anywhere else. And um, Warnock came on the phone, asked me about him, and we got a few quid for him. There you go. So do, you he, do you think he would remember you? Uh, yeah, we had a good chat. Because when we when we inevitably unite him and Hugh Evans as the elder statesman of Scottish football together, maybe mm-hmm. you could go along then. See, remember me? No, I'm not going up to Aberdeen to see Neil Warnock. I'm not that bored I liked his story during the week about going to Tesco yeah. and bumping into all the Aberdeen fans you can just imagine because obviously this man 
to my right spotted in Asda everyone's got their own supermarket yeah, yeah, of choice yeah. you know we don't we don't um, discriminate here but he was in his local Tesco Neil Warnock surrounded by Aberdeen fans yeah. I, he'd love that though I mean that is Neil Warnock to a T he just loves the recognition and the the, the, the fun and games of it all but to be fair he has enlivened Pataudry straight away and uh, Aberdeen will be a difficult proposition for anyone home and away from now until the end of the season Anything else doing? There's some, there are some league games down the divisions Montrose 3, Edinburgh City 0 Do you want to tidy up this? Yeah, I suppose we should mm. Let's finish that teaser then the first half teaser with the scottishsun.co.uk slash football for the best football news and opinion online the second the last five Scottish captains out with the old firm to have lifted the Scottish Cup are Jason Kerr at St Johnston Sir David Gray at Hibs Graham Shinney at Inverness Cali Thistle Dave Mackay with St Johnston and Andy Webster at Dundee United Well done if you got them all right Congratulations to you Rab Beaton I don't know if he's a relation of John He was in third place Daniel Miller in second And the winner of the first half teaser Is Craig McFarlane Well done to you Craig There's an excellent Who Am I coming up after the break I love this right Because there is obviously some of your lies are just outright lies mm-hmm. and then some you've maybe just got a little bit mixed up so Neil Warnock phoned you to sign Laurent de Jaffo mm-hmm. when you were where? Here United and he, where was Paul where was Neil Warnock trying to sign him for? Um, Sheffield it, United was it was it Bury or something? Yeah. Uh, Neil Neil Warnock certainly phoned me about okay. de Jaffo because Roger Hanna's trying to do you in Roger Hanna's saying that he played for two clubs in between Ayr and Sheffield yeah. United did they go to Bury? is that right? was Neil Warnock the Bury manager at that, um, at that time? I'd need to look that up ok he's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get in front yeah. of it Roger oh. maybe he was just phoning all his former tell managers tell Bunny he'd to just get on with his game where is he? Partick just tell him he... there you go by the way this what? is the first time ever the first time ever you've outsmarted Roger Hanna what? Neil Warnock was the Bury manager in 98-99 yes well done take that Daz. Roger Hanna well done Daz uh-huh. he was trying to do you in yeah. he was sending messages saying "Oh, uh, he was sending him saying that he had two clubs between Ayr uh-huh. and Warnock signing him yeah this and is you, it we've uh, waited a decade in the show you, go on give him the no, I'm not <laughs> going to give on it by the way he had me there for a, a minute right panicking no no what I'd done was I went on and checked it <laughs> I uh, had a look I was you showed him oh, you, yeah. you showed him nah, he's the smartest oh. alright he knew goal flashes with M&D Green Pharmacy Kelly 1 Cove Rangers 0 Marley Watkins right on the stroke of half time good time to score etc etc as the cliche goes but it really is the Kelly fans were starting to grumble you get in at the break Cove maybe with something to latch on to but no it was an Ndaba knockdown from close range Marley Watkins there to provide the finish and it's Kelly 1 Cove 0 psychology's a great business isn't it you know the the Kilmarnock fans have been praising Derek McInnes one of our regular callers to Super Scoreboard Simon he's, he's got Kilmarnock winning the cup and in Europe and possibly winning the Eurovision Song Contest as well uh, and then 
you know, they, they, they have a faltering start against Cove and they're on the manager's back. But that will calm everyone down. Good time to score. Good time to score. I'll probably change Derek's half time team talk. I'll still be a bit concerned, but look, give credit to Cove. Uh, Paul Hartley's went down there, organised them. They're fighting very hard, but that first goal, that should see Kamarnock coming out in the second half and probably putting this tie to bed quickly. So the Premiership teams are having a mixed day, it looks like. We'll go into the break with Partick Thistle leading Livingston by a goal to nil. But Aberdeen and now Kilmarnock have their noses in front. Inverness against Hibs is poised there, so we'll keep an eye on what Jamie Carragher's boy and his teammates can come up with. Half-time Kilmarnock, it was a late goal after all, Fraser. Yeah, it was a late goal. We finally got some bit of good play in the 45 minutes when Marley Watkins turned the ball into the net just a minute before the break because before that had been hard going for Kelly he'd hardly threatened the Cove goal well Cove had settled quickly and in fact until that Watkins goal they'd looked comfortable through and in fact were probably the closest to scoring and that was in the 8th minute when the first chance of the game Kelly defence didn't clear a cross ball the goalkeeper was on the ground the ball fell to Rumar Burrell whose shot was headed off the line by Fraser Murray hit, hit it well and there was a good clearance by the young uh, wing back Kelly had started slowly and Cove just began to grow in confidence Burrell getting into really dangerous positions in the box in the Cove goal Nick Suman having a really quiet much quieter day than expected Kelly fans came restless the clock ticked by 20 minutes their first effort goal was in 22 and Marley Watkins pulled his shot it was a tame effort from 18 yards a couple of yards wide of the post he should have done much better but Cove very comfortable at the back and happy to drop off allow Kelly the ball Kelly too slow in the build up and Derek McInnes was on the edge of his technical area willing his team forward and not happy with the performance they almost got the opener in 32 minutes with Kevin Van Veen with a lovely back header he flicked the ball over the goalkeeper from a Polworth corner it hit the bar and was clear then Kennedy got into a really good position he headed the ball the back post comfortable save by Suman and then Kennedy's cross shot was sliced over his own bar by Will Gillingham and from that corner Corey and Dabba rose to head the ball down into the six-yard box and there was Watkins to turn the ball into the empty net. They really needed that goal on half-time because Killer needed to be far better in the second half. The fans were going quiet, the game was poor and Cove thought they were still in for a chance. They still have got a chance but you think that goal will just be the turning point in this game and Kelly will see the game out in the second half. But hopefully a few more goals and a bit better football for the fans in Rugby Park today. Half-time at Rugby Park, come on up nil, Cove Rangers nil. Okay, what about the Highlands Inverness Hibs watched by David Friel? Half time Inverness nil, Hibs nil, not a cup classic so far. I'm afraid I think Duncan Ferguson's probably going to be the happier manager than Nick Montgomery right now. Hibs have had more of the ball, a fair bit of pressure, but they haven't tested the Inverness keeper Mark Ridgers anywhere near enough. Inverness have defended well, they've been tidy on the ball, they haven't threatened David Marshall too much, and there has been very few chances overall. Hibs probably the best two openings of the game in 11 minutes. Luke Amos found space in the box with fire break from 12 yards, and in 20 minutes, Elysian may end a bus free as powerful drive. was on target, it was blocked by Ridgers. Martin Boyle looks Hibs' best hope, he's really lively on the right wing. He broke through just before half time, but Emmy Savage. Young Inverness defender did really, really well to get back and make the block. Judging by Nick Montgomery's body language on the sidelines, he'll be expecting a lot more in the second half from Hibbs. Inverness and James Carrigan, Marshall on the defence, have been steady and are well in this tie. Half time, Inverness nil, Hibbs nil. Well, interesting second 45 in store there because I think the Hibbs fans would certainly grumble quite a bit if that wasn't to go to plan. Half time for Roger Hanna at Fur Hill. 
Yeah, half time at Firhill. Gordon Partick Thistle won Livingston now, and it could be just 45 minutes from another Premiership casualty in this season's Scottish Cup. The Jags deserve to be ahead at the break. They started brightly. Aidan Fitzpatrick got a shot, deflected off target, and Michael McGovern made a smart save from Brian Graham after Stephen Kelly gave the ball away needlessly in midfield. Livingston hardly seen early on as an attacking force. Dan Mackay did have one angled shot, deflected wide of the far post, but then a series of major setbacks for David Martindale. First, the opening goal, 27 minutes. Lewis Nielsen stepping out from the back over halfway, swapping passes with Graham laying the ball off to Kerr McEnroy who took a touch and just smashed it low into the bottom corner from fully 30 yards, no chance at all for Livingston goalkeeper McGovern if there's a better goal scored in the fifth round this weekend, I look forward to seeing it more trouble for Livingston though, they lost Scott Pittman, injured midway through the half Andy Shinney coming on, they then lost new centre half, Sean Donnellan to another injury with Mo Sangari coming on at left back in a a rejig in the back four for Martindale they then had a goal disallowed Stephen Kelly's corner on the left whipped into the near post Teddy Yenge got in front of his marker boomed ahead of past Jamie Sneddon but Nick Walsh blew the whistle he spotted a push I certainly didn't see one Livingston very unhappy at the decision but they did respond after that Stephen Kelly a drive from outside the box it struck Graham and flew to safety and then Kelly again and added time at the end of the half a low drive that was turned round the post a good save by Sneddon Livingston will need to do more in the second half though the break Partick Thistle 1 Livingston 0 so good scoreline so far for those of a Partick Thistle persuasion what about Aberdeen I don't think we're done yet oh we in fact we were Dave was first but it got lost in amongst the commandment goal sorry Dave Galloway no problem at all uh, Aberdeen 2 Bonnie Rig Rose 0 at the interval the League 2 visitors made the better start Ross Gray's shot deflected for a corner and Smart Ozadola's effort was deflected into Ross Doohan's arms but the hosts went ahead after 16 minutes Shaden Morris supplied Boyan Majowski to shoot through Paddy Martin's legs from a tight angle Bonnie Rig almost equalised soon after that though Gray teed up Ozadola whose shot was cleared off the line by Nicky Devlin but it was 2-0 to the Dons after 25 minutes with a well-worked goal. Leighton Clarkson's cross headed on by Dante Polvara and Mayowski netted with a thumping volley. Bonnie Rigg kept at it though and Ozadoller sent a drive just past the right-hand post and Bradley Barrett turned but could only shoot straight at Doohan. It's been an open first half and the visitors have given a really good account of themselves but at the interval it's the Premiership hosts who have the advantage. Aberdeen 2, Bonnie Rigg Rose 0. And we'll do a full round-up of the half-time scores next. The fastest goals, the expert opinions. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Scottish Cup weekend of course Let me give you some of the halftime scores From around the country Not loads of games to choose from In the 3 o'clock matches Aberdeen 2, Bonnie Rig Rose 0 At the break, Inverness 0, Hibs 0 Kilmarnock 1, Cove Rangers 0 And Partick Thistle 1, Livingston 0 Rangers against Air United Is a 5.30 kick-off We have some lower league matches In the Championship, Dunfermline 0 Queen's Park 0 in League One, Alawa nil, Stirling Albion nil, Hamilton Ackies nil, Annan Athletic one, Kelty Hearts nil, Queen of the South nil, and Montrose three, Edinburgh City nil. In League Two, Dumbarton two, four for one, East Fife one, Stenhouse Muir one, Stranraer Clyde and the Spartans Elgin both goalless. We will be back with the second halves next.